Tonight, we'll focus on uh, what the scriptures have to say about New Jerusalem. Starting in Moses 7, verse 58. And again, Enoch wept and cried unto the Lord, saying, When shall the earth rest? And Enoch beheld the Son of Man ascend up unto the Father. And he called unto the Lord, saying, Wilt thou not come again upon the earth? For as much as thou art God, and I know thee, thou hast sworn unto me and commanded me that I should ask in the name of thine only begotten. Thou hast made me and given me and given unto me a right to the, thy throne, and not of myself, but through thine own grace. Wherefore I ask thee, if thou wilt not come again on the earth. And the Lord said unto Enoch, as I live, even so will I come in the last days, in the days of wickedness and vengeance, to fulfill the oath which I have made unto you concerning the children of Noah. And the day shall come that the earth shall rest. But before that day, the heaven shall be darkened, and a veil of darkness shall cover the earth. And the heaven shall shake, and also the earth, and great tribulations shall be among the children of men, but my people will I preserve. And righteousness will I send down out of heaven, and truth will I send forth out of the earth. Again, we have Isaiah, you know, metaphors, and we find out that many of the metaphors that Isaiah uses were more ancient than he was. Again in verse 60, And the Lord said unto Enoch, As I live, even so will I come in the last days, in the days of wickedness and vengeance, to fulfill the oath which I have made unto you concerning the children of Noah. And the day shall come that the earth shall rest, but before that day the heaven shall be darkened, and a veil of darkness shall cover the earth, and the heaven shall shake, and also the earth, and great tribulation shall be among the children of men, but my people will I preserve. And righteousness, and in Isaiah, righteousness is a metaphor for the Lord's end-time servant. And righteousness will I send down out of heaven, and truth will I send forth out of the earth to bear testimony of mine only begotten and his resurrection from the dead. Yea, and also the resurrection of all men, and righteousness and truth will I cause to sweep the earth as with a flood, to gather out mine elect from the four quarters of the earth unto a place which I shall prepare a holy city, that my people may gird up their loins and be looking forth for the time of my coming. For there shall be my tabernacle, and it shall be called Zion a new Jerusalem. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Then shalt thou and all thy city meet them there, and we will receive them into our bosom, and they shall see us, and we will fall upon their necks, and they shall fall upon our necks, and we will kiss each other. And there shall be mine abode, and it shall be Zion, which shall come forth out of all the creations which I have made. And for the space of a thousand years, the earth shall rest. And it came to pass that Enoch saw the day of the coming of the Son of Man in the last days, 
to dwell on the earth in righteousness for the space of a thousand years. But before that day, he saw great tribulations among the wicked, and he saw also the sea, that it was troubled. And, you know, in Isaiah, the sea is an anti-metaphor for the destruction uh, and the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And he also saw the sea, that it was troubled, and men's hearts failing them, looking forth with fear for the judgments of the Almighty God, which should come upon the wicked. And the Lord showed Enoch all things, even unto the end of the world. And he saw the day of the righteous and the hour of their redemption and received a fullness of joy. Now in Ether chapter 13, verses 2 through 13. For behold, they rejected all the words of Ether, for he truly told them of all things from the beginning of man. And that after the waters had receded from off the face of the land, and it became a choice land above all other lands, a chosen land of the Lord, wherefore the Lord would have that all men should serve him who dwell upon the face thereof. You know, talking about the land of North America. And that it, that it was the place of New Jerusalem, which had come down out of heaven, and the holy sanctuary of the Lord. Behold, Ether saw the days of Christ, and he spake concerning a new Jerusalem upon this land. And he spake also concerning the house of Israel and the Jerusalem from whence Lehi should come after it should be destroyed. It should be built up again, a holy city unto the Lord. Wherefore, it could not be a new Jerusalem, for it had been in the time of old. But it should be built up again and become a holy city of the Lord. And it should be built unto the house of Israel. And then a new Jerusalem should be built upon this land unto the remnant of the seed of Joseph, for which things there has been a type. For as Joseph brought his father down into the land of Egypt, even so he died there. Wherefore the Lord brought a remnant of the seed of Joseph out of the land of Jerusalem, that he might be merciful unto the seed of Joseph, that they should perish not, even as he was merciful unto the father of Joseph, that he should perish not. Wherefore the remnant of the house of Joseph shall be built upon this land, and it shall be a land of their inheritance, and they shall build up a holy city unto the Lord, like unto the Jerusalem of old. And they shall no more be confounded until the end come when the earth shall pass away. And there shall be a new heaven and a new earth, and they shall be like unto the old, save the old have passed away, and all things have become new. And then cometh the new Jerusalem, and blessed are they who dwell therein, for it is they whose garments are white through the blood of the Lamb, and they are they who are numbered among the remnant of the seed of Joseph, who were the house of Israel. And then also cometh the Jerusalem of old, and the inhabitants thereof. Blessed are they, for they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And they are they who were scattered and gathered in from the four quarters of the earth and from the north countries and are partakers of the fulfilling of the covenant which God made with their father Abraham. So in verse 11, and then also cometh the Jerusalem of old. So we find out that the Jerusalem of old, which is to be rebuilt, uh, 
comes forth after the establishment of New Jerusalem. And New Jerusalem comes forth when righteousness, as Isaiah uses the metaphor, leads out an end-time exodus of the strength of the Lord's house, which culminates in meeting up with Enoch, the return of his city and the establishment of New Jerusalem. And that the old Jerusalem that is to go forth into the millennium and will meet Christ uh, will come forth thereafter, but before Christ comes in his glory. Verse 12. And when these things come, bringeth to pass the scripture which saith, there are they who were first who shall be last, and there are they who were last who shall be first. And I was about to write more, but I am forbidden. But great and marvelous were the prophecies of Ether. But they esteemed him as not, and cast him out. And he hid himself in the cavity of a rock, by day and by night. He went forth, viewing the things which should come upon the people. Now, speaking of those who are to go out on that end-time exodus, If we go to Ether chapter 4, verse 5. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to write them, and I have written them. And he commandeth me that I should seal them up, and also hath commanded me that I should seal up the interpretation thereof. Wherefore I have sealed up the interpreters according to the commandment of the Lord. For the Lord said unto me, they shall not go forth unto the Gentiles until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. Now, in keeping with common practice among Book of Mormon prophets, the term Gentiles here refers to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, the things of the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon shall not go forth unto that portion of the Latter-day Saints who will receive them until they repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. The implication is that the Latter-day Saints in general are not clean before the Lord and are full of iniquity. And the Book of Mormon prophets testify that the iniquity of the Latter-day Saints is that we accept the words of those who speak not by the power authority of the Holy Ghost, nor by the power of God, but give unto us commandments as if they were given unto them by God. And so we rely upon the arm of flesh and we trust man And we fear man more than we fear God. And we do not seek after the gift of taking the Holy Spirit as our guide, that we might find the truth and not be deceived. But it's for that strata of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who repent and return. And the way that we repent and return is given by Christ to the Nephites in third Nephi chapter 16, verse 13. The setting is after 
the members of the Church of Christ reject the fullness of the gospel and therefore are demoted from the terrestrial Church of Christ to the Telestial Church of Latter-day Saints, which happened in 1834 under Joseph Smith. Verse 13, but if the Gentiles will repent and return unto me. And the next part of this verse is the key to how we repent and return. And it's also the key to how we start doing what Moroni um, prophesies that those who receive the seal of the portion of the Book of Mormon will do. Uh, repenting of our iniquity. But if the Gentiles will repent and return unto me, saith the Father, behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. Well, the the Gentile blood is burned out of us at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. How we repent and return is we enter into the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, not only with our lips, but also with our hearts. We must seek after, receive, and act on the revelation that God will give us when we Enter into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which terms must be received by revelation. And it's only those who both seek after and receive and then act on the revelation uh, about what God would have them do to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit that receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, this is how the Gentiles repent and return. And this is the beginning of repenting of our iniquities as Moroni admonishes us to do. Back in Ether chapter four, for the Lord said unto me, they shall not go forth unto the Gentiles until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity. So we start doing that by entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and going on to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. If we go to DNC 76, verse 53, which is set after one receives the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. Now, this is what is required of those members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to fully repent of our iniquities, to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then continue on in feasting upon the words of Christ to be instructed in all things that we should do to ascend to the seventh heaven, enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, be sealed by the Holy spirit of promise, which means to have Jesus Christ make our calling and elections. Sure. Then have we ascended the level of just and true. And then are we members of the church of the firstborn and back in ether chapter four, that is when we become clean before the Lord and qualify for the reception of the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. 
Now, Moroni goes on to say, in verse 7, And in that day that they shall exercise faith in me, saith the Lord, even as the brother of Jared did, that they may become sanctified in me. Then will I manifest unto them the things which the brother of Jared saw, even to the unfolding unto them all my revelations, saith Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of the heavens and of the earth, and all things that in them are. So, for those who enter into the church of the firstborn, through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, um, and receive the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, um, for them, it will act as a catalyst, uh, at least for some of them, as did the vision of Lehi for Nephi, that they also might desire to see and to hear and to know for themselves the things which the brother of Jared saw and was shown. And as they have ascended uh, to the spiritual level that Nephi before them in First Nephi chapter 10 and 11 had ascended to, uh, they will be shown the vision of the eternities, the beginning from the end. And this all happens through the doctrine of Christ, entering into the new covenant and living it with integrity. Now, for most of those who ascend to the seventh heaven and come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, this will actually occur during the end time exodus where Joseph Smith finishes the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house. And that end time exodus culminates with meeting up with Enoch and the return of his city, establishing new Jerusalem. Now on this end time exodus, those who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost will qualify to be worked with by one of the 144,000 who will help them ascend to the next level and come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And, you know, then they will have the opportunity to receive the sealed portion of the book of Mormon. And if they will go on from there to have the vision of the end from the beginning shown unto them back to ether uh, chapter 13. And, you know, Moroni was about to write more, but was forbidden. And the reason that he was forbidden is because the events that are to transpire during the days into which we are heading must be discerned uh, as is related in DNC 45. And if we go to DNC 45, we're given the meaning of the parable of the 10 virgins. And verse 56, and at that day, now this means the day of the Lord. And although the next statement is when I shall come in my glory, what is actually being referred to is when the day of judgment begins, which culminates with me coming in my glory. Shall the parable be fulfilled, which I spake concerning the 10 virgins for they that are wise and have received the truth and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide 
and have not been deceived, verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire, but shall abide the day. So, the mission of the Latter-day Saints and of all people is to learn how to exercise faith, which is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. Exercising faith is the very essence of taking the Holy Spirit as our guide. Um, becoming a wise virgin is a minimum threshold of our ability to exercise faith, to seek after, receive, and act on revelation, and specifically that revelation about how we come unto Jesus Christ, how we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, enter into his presence in the fullness of his glory, and receive the vision of the beginning from the end. Now in third Nephi, chapter 20, verse 22. And behold, this people will I establish in this land unto the fulfilling of the covenant which I made with your father Jacob. And it shall be a new Jerusalem. And the powers of heaven shall be in the midst of this people. Yea, even I will be in the midst of you. Now the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't go forth to the Lamanites until the end time exodus is commenced with Joseph Smith leading out on the eve of destruction, the strength of the Lord's house. And then a series of missions will be uh, accomplished. The first being to the Lamanites and there will be new scripture that these missionaries who are on the end time exodus will take with them to the convincing of the Lamanites the rest of the house of Israel and the people of the whole earth, that Jesus is the Christ, that this is in fact the fullness of his gospel. And then there will be a separation of wheat and tares among the Lamanite people, just as there previously had been. And for us will be among the Latter-day Saints and the, the wheat will join that end time exodus and the tares will not make it. Now in verse 23. Behold, I am he of whom most spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. So ultimately all the metaphors that all of the prophets use um, that point to righteousness. Christ is the ultimate uh, type um, that all the prophecies, all the metaphors point to. And, you know, in scripture, there are two who are likened unto Moses there is the prophet who is likened unto Moses, and you know that man is Jesus Christ. Uh, then there is the man who is likened unto Moses, and that man is the preparer of the way for the return of Jesus Christ, that man who leads out the strength of the Lord's house on an exodus. And this other Moses or the man versus the prophet who is likened unto Moses is referenced in DNC 103. And in DNC 103, verse 15, 
Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like as Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel and of the seed of Abraham, and ye must be needs led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. And skipping down to verse 21. Verily, verily, I say unto you that my servant Joseph Smith Jr. is the man to whom I liken the servant, to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I've given unto you. And that's the parable of the redemption of Zion in DNC 101. And the beginning part of DNC 103 is the continuation and the commentary on the parable of redemption of Zion in DNC 101. And the whole premise um, of the parable of redemption of Zion is found in the title. You do not have to redeem something that hasn't either fallen or been ransomed. That Zion was to be um, established and the foundations thereof by Joseph Smith in his first ministry. But because the saints would reject the fullness of the gospel, the new and everlasting covenant, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, whereby they might become the sons and daughters of Christ, um, Zion would fall and would remain in that fallen state until the return of Joseph Smith and the servants when a new dispensation would be opened, not the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, as we find out was uh, ushered in during the first ministry of Joseph Smith, but the dispensation of the fullness of times. Verse 23 again in Third Nephi 20. Behold, I am he of whom Moses spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. So Joseph Smith in his first ministry didn't seek to point men and women to himself. He only sought to point them to Jesus Christ. And any true servant seeks not to point anybody to themselves, but only to Jesus Christ. Um, Joseph Smith sought to get the people, the Latter-day Saints, to build their own tower, which is the path of ascension, which is the doctrine of Christ. Um, But they would not. However, um, in the times in which we live, Um, the reason that Zion is able to be redeemed is because there is a group of people who are willing to enter into that covenant, who are willing to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and become the sons and daughters of Christ. And this time will qualify to be led out of bondage and to establish New Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. Now, the words of that prophet, even Jesus Christ, um, are to be found in the pages of the Book of Mormon. And even though they come through the words of Book of Mormon prophets, in addition to what Christ you know, uh, personally pronounced in third Nephi, um, whether it is by God's own voice or the voice of his servants, it is the same. 
And so it is with the return of the Lord's end time servant, Joseph Smith, Jr. The Lord will speak forth his word and his will through him. And it has also been spoken unto us in the words uh, of the prophets of the Book of Mormon. And that should cause us to ask questions and to enter into covenant with God that we might have all of their words confirmed unto us and that we might go on from there to receive a revelation from God, that we may build our own tower and follow the path of ascension. You know, for Joseph, you know, was only there to say that the path of ascension was possible, you know, that he had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that he had come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, and so could the saints. If they would follow the same pattern which he had followed, which was, you know, given unto Adam and unto every succeeding generation in which there has been an open dispensation, um, that all might become sons and daughters of Christ. and may become like him. Now, in DNC 84, starting out in verses 1 through 5, a revelation of Jesus Christ unto his servant, Joseph Smith Jr., and six elders as they united their hearts and lifted their voices on high. Yea, the word of the Lord concerning his church, established in the last days for the restoration of his people as he has spoken by the mouth of his prophets and for the gathering of his saints to stand upon Mount Zion, which shall be the city of new Jerusalem. So as we go through scripture, as we come across the term Mount Zion, it is um, a synonym for new Jerusalem, which city shall be built beginning at the temple lot which is appointed by the finger of the Lord in the Western boundaries of the state of Missouri and dedicated by the hand of Joseph Smith jr. And others with whom the Lord was well pleased. Verily, this is the word of the Lord that the city, new Jerusalem shall be built by the gathering of the saints beginning at this place, even the place of the temple, which temple shall be reared in this generation. So like most of the prophecies in the Doctrine and Covenants, um, just like in Isaiah, the Lord used historical precedent as end-time metaphor. Well, most of the Doctrine and Covenants is historical precedent used as end-time metaphor. And this revelation and these prophecies are being given uh, not regarding Joseph Smith and the servants and the saints' first ministries, but their second. In this generation shall the temple be reared in New Jerusalem. Verse 5, For verily this generation shall not pass away until a house shall be built unto the Lord, and a cloud shall rest upon it which cloud shall be even the glory of the Lord, which shall fill the house. And, you know, this is one of the pillars 
of the events that lead up to Christ coming in his glory. The first pillar being the event Adam on Diamon. Um, when all of those who have held dispensational keys from Adam until Joseph, I return to Adam on Diamon, deliver up those keys back to father. Father then gives all the keys that ever did and ever will pertain to this earth, to Jesus Christ. Christ then gives keys out to those who will need them to play their parts in the events that um, build up to Christ coming in his glory. And so those keys are mostly given out to Joseph Smith Jr. and John the Revelator. And he begins um, the work of ordaining and setting apart the 144,000. And this is the calling of the 144,000, but most will still have to um, finish awaking, arising, and ascending before they actually begin that ministry. And the second you know, major sign that uh, is to usher in Christ coming in his glory is Christ appearing to his people in the temples in New Jerusalem. And verse five is about that second pillar for verily this generation shall not pass away until a house shall be built unto the Lord and a cloud shall rest upon it, which cloud shall be even the glory of the Lord, which shall fill the house and the sons of Moses, according to the holy priesthood, which he received under the hand of his father-in-law Jethro. And picking up in verse 31 and verse 32. Therefore, as I said concerning the sons of Moses, for the sons of Moses and also the sons of Aaron shall offer an acceptable offering and sacrifice in the house of the Lord. Now, it's often been hotly debated about when this is to happen. And, you know, did it happen in the days of Joseph Smith? Uh, did it happen thereafter? Well, the context in which it is placed, it's clear that this sacrifice happens in the temple in New Jerusalem. Which house shall be built unto the Lord in this generation? And again, one cannot understand what this prophecy is talking about until one has the key that unlocks the sealed book of Doctrine and Covenants, which is the parable of redemption of Zion, to understand that Joseph Smith is returning. And that most of the prophecies in the Doctrine and Covenants refer to Joseph's second ministry. Verse 32. And the sons of Moses and of Aaron shall be filled with the glory of the Lord upon Mount Zion, or New Jerusalem, in the Lord's house, which sons are ye, and also many whom I have called and sent forth to build up my church. Now, verses 46 to 48. And the spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world or the light of Christ is imparted to every man, woman, and child, you know, upon the face of the earth. And our bodies are both transmitters and receivers of light and even the light of Christ. And the spirit enlighteneth every man through the world that hearkeneth to the voice of the spirit. So to whatever degree we hearken unto the truth, which is contained in the light of Christ to which we have access 
our light will be added upon and we will be given more. And there is a glass ceiling um, that there is a difference in the condition of possibility about what we can receive when the heavens are closed versus when the heavens are opened. For the heavens to be opened, it requires an open dispensation. And an open dispensation is that a man on the earth be ordained and sealed to the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, that the ordinances of baptism by water into the terrestrial order and the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptismal Holy Ghost, may be performed. And when that is possible, after the baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost, um, one then has the opportunity to receive that level of revelation about what is required of them to part the veil and enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, that they might be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, or that they might ascend to the level of just and true, become members of the church of the firstborn, and have Christ make their calling and election sure. This level of revelation is not available and is not possible uh, during times on the earth where there is not an open dispensation. So, verse 47, And everyone that hearkeneth to the voice of the Spirit cometh unto God, even the Father. And the Father teacheth him of the covenant which he has renewed and confirmed upon you. Well, this covenant that the Father has renewed and confirmed upon us who live in the generation of the return of Joseph Smith in his second ministry is the new and everlasting covenant that Christ gave to the Nephites in third Nephite chapter nine, verse 20. And so in third Nephi chapter nine, verse 20, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me, a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. A covenant is comprised of two oaths. The new and everlasting covenant. The two oaths that comprise that covenant. Our oath is that we will offer up as a sacrifice our broken heart and contrite spirit. The Lord's oath in return is that he will baptize us with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Now, this covenant was temporarily removed from the earth at the death of Joseph Smith. At the closing of that dispensation. But it was restored again at the opening of this dispensation in which we now live, which is the dispensation of the fullness of times, when Joseph Smith was again ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And then it again began to be possible to enter, to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and by contrite spirit and receive the full terms 
of that sacrifice by revelation. So before the opening of the dispensation, while one certainly could offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit and receive terms of that covenant by the spirit, one couldn't receive the full revelation about what was required to enter into that covenant in its fullness and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because the heavens were closed. But verse 48, you know, talks about the, the restoration of that covenant and that this is really the covenant given us by the Father, whereby we might become sons and daughters of Christ. Verse 48 again, and the Father teacheth him of the new covenant, which he has renewed and conferred upon you. Talking about the saints in our day, during our generation, which is confirmed upon you for your sakes, and not for your sakes only, but for the sakes of the whole world. Well, what does that mean? It means that those who receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost in this Joseph Smith's second ministry have the duty and responsibility to go forth just like the Lamanites did in Helaman chapter 5. And in fact, if we go to Helaman chapter 5, at the end of 43, behold, they saw that they were encircled about, yea, every soul by a pillar of fire. And Nephi and Lehi were in the midst of them. And yea, they were encircled about. Yea, they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire. Yet it did harm them not. Neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison. And they were filled with that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. So we have that baptism of fire which accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the meaning that Nephi and Lehi were also surrounded by fire and were in the midst of them. Nephi and Lehi were literally performing the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost on the Lamanites who were gathered together at that prison in which Nephi and Lehi had been cast and which the prison guards were coming to slay them. When this miraculous event from the heavens starts to occur yet the flaming fire did harm them not. Verse 44. Neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison. And they were filled with that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. And behold, the Spirit of God did come down from heaven and did enter into their hearts. And they were filled as if with fire. And they could speak forth marvelous words. And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them. Yea, a pleasant voice, as if it were a whisper, saying, Peace, peace be unto you because of your faith in my well-beloved who was from the foundation of the world. So the voice of the Father is coming to the people who are receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and going back to DNC 84, and the Father teacheth him of the covenant which he has renewed and conferred upon you. Now, in 3 Nephi chapter 19, Christ is pleading for those who will believe upon him because of the words of his 12 disciples 
who in Third Nephi chapter 19 have just received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And what does Christ say? Verse 19 in Third Nephi 19. And it came to pass that Jesus departed out of the midst of them and went a little way off from them and bowed himself to the earth and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast given the Holy Ghost unto these whom I have chosen. And it is because of their faith in me that I have chosen them out of the world. Father, I pray thee that thou wilt give the Holy Ghost unto all them that shall believe in their words. Father, that thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me. And thou seest that they believe in me because thou hearest them and they pray unto me and they pray unto me because I am with them. So literally, this is the new covenant. This is the covenant of Father unto all men, unto all women of every age. The new covenant is the path whereby we become sons and daughters of Christ. It's the path whereby we submit our will to the will of the Father in all things. Receive the voice of the Spirit and hearken unto it. This is the covenant of the Father unto the fathers and unto the children. And it has been renewed in our generation and it is being extended to us. And our very survival depends upon what we do with the covenant which Father is extending to us. But getting back to um, what those who were with Nephi and Lehi then did because of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, in human chapter 5, verse 50. And it came to pass that they did go forth and administer unto the people, declaring throughout all the regions round about all the things which they had heard and seen insomuch that the more part of the Lamanites were convinced of them because of the greatness of the evidences, which they had received. And as many as were convinced did lay down their weapons of war and also their hatred and the traditions of their fathers. And it came to pass that they did yield unto the Nephites, the land of their possessions. So, because of the mighty change of heart that those Lamanites received, um, almost the entire Lamanite nation was converted and they received the baptism by water into the terrestrial church of Christ and received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so it is to be with us. That as this new dispensation is opened, as the Father extends his covenant to us, we are to enter into it, we are to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then we are to go forth and witness unto all the experience that we had, being cleansed by fire, being born again, and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that all who hear our testimony might receive likewise. Um, however, it's not required that our ministry wait until we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because we are not preaching our gospel. 
we're preaching Jesus Christ gospel. And in the very act of preaching the fullness of Jesus Christ gospel, we will receive the experiences that we need to fully offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thereafter be able to bear an even greater witness and testimony. But, you know, for, for most, um, that experience will not come until after they exercise hope or belief and trust in Christ. Uh, having received a witness by the power of the spirit of the truthfulness of the doctrine of Christ and not being able to be constrained, but going forth and declaring the fullness of the doctrine of Christ. Now, back in DNC 84. So again, verse 48. Now we have better context to understand what is being prophesied of in verse 48. And the Father teacheth him of the new covenant, which he has renewed and confirmed upon you, again speaking to our generation, which is confirmed upon you for your sakes, and not for your sakes only, but for the sakes of the whole world. Because the seed that is here planted is to sprout and grow and fill the entire earth. The fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ starts with the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house among Latter-day Saints. Culminates in being called out on the end time exodus led by Joseph Smith and taking the fullness of the gospel beginning immediately and extending up to the time where Christ comes in the fullness of his glory to every man, woman and child upon the earth who qualifies for deliverance from destruction that all who will might be gathered unto Zion and unto Jerusalem. Verse 49, and the whole world lieth in sin and groaneth under darkness and under the bondage of sin. This has application both to Joseph Smith's day and to our day. But we read it now in application to our day. And by this you may know that they are under the bondage of sin because they come not unto me. For whoso cometh not unto me is under the bondage of sin. Now, most who profess a belief in Jesus Christ come unto Christ after the manner of their own understanding and seek not to come unto Christ in the way that he outlines that we are to come unto him, which is the new sacrifice and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And whoso receiveth not my voice is not acquainted with my voice 
and is not of me. And by this you may know that the righteous from the wicked, and that the whole world groaneth under sin and darkness even now. And it's, it's growing. And your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief. And because you have retreated lightly the things that you have received, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation not only in Joseph Smith's day, but also in our day and especially in our day. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, even in the book of Mormon and the former commandments, which I have given them not only to say, but to do according to that, which I have written. It's not enough to draw near unto God with our lips. Our hearts must be there also. It's not enough to say that I offer up my broken heart and contrite spirit. And then when the voice of the spirit comes to that man or that woman and gives specific instruction, which is ignored. That they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom. Well, what does that mean? bringing forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom is to become the sons and daughters of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is how that remnant of members of the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints who will, dis- who will survive the destructions of the last days will survive the destructions of the last days. The new sacrifice, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost and feasting upon the words of Christ. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. Now, there was a scourge and a judgment that was poured out among or upon the Latter-day Saints of Joseph Smith's day. And the scourge and judgment that is to be poured out upon the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints far exceeds the scourge and the judgment that was poured out upon the Latter-day Saints under Joseph Smith. For none will escape this scourge and judgment. 59. For shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land? Verily I say unto you, nay. Verily, verily, I say unto you, who now hear my words, which are my voice, blessed are ye inasmuch as you receive these things. Receiving these things is not only to hear, but also to do. It is to enter into the new and everlasting covenant and receive the full benefit. So back to verse 48. And the father teacheth him of the new covenant, which he has renewed and confirmed upon you. In this, the return of Joseph Smith, Jr. And the opening again of the heavens, which is confirmed upon you for your sakes and not for your sakes only, but for the sake of the whole world. Third Nephi 21. Verse 24. And then shall they assist my people that they may be gathered in who are scattered upon all the face of the land in unto the new Jerusalem. 
Now, to give a little greater context, verse 20 in 3 Nephi 21. For it shall come to pass, saith the Father, that at that day, the day of judgment, whosoever will not repent and come unto my beloved Son. Okay, again, we have the Father speaking. And as we have already read, repenting and returning means not only repenting and returning of our sins, but also offering upon the altar a broken heart and contrite spirit. And coming unto the Son means the same thing as receiving the Son. As a quick cross-reference, 3 Nephi chapter 9, again, verse 17. And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. Even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh, and in me is the law of Moses fulfilled. And he explicitly states in verse 20 what it means to receive him. And this is also what it means to come unto him. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. Okay, going back to 3 Nephi 21. Verse 20. For it shall come to pass, saith the Father, that at that day, whosoever will not repent and come unto my beloved Son, them will I cut off from among my people, O house of Israel. And I will execute vengeance and fury upon them, even as upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. Now this fury that the Lord will, that Father will execute upon his people, if they will not repent and return, is what is described in DNC 101 regarding the separation of wheat and tares. Verse 64 um, is talking, 64 through 66 is talking about the same concept. That the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places, for the time of harvest is come and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together my people according to the parable of wheat and tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners possess eternal life and be crowned with celestial glory. When I shall come in the kingdom of my father to reward every man according as his work shall be, while the tares shall be bound in bundles, their bands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. Back to 13, chapter 21. Verse 20. For it shall come to pass, saith the Father, that at that day, whosoever will not repent and come unto my beloved Son, them will I cut off from among my people, O house of Israel. And I will execute vengeance and fury upon them, even as upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. But if they will repent and hearken unto my words, and harden not their hearts, or in other words, offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, I will establish my church among them and they shall come in unto the covenant 
the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is the covenant whereby we become blood Israel. For all Israel has been diluted and must become purified. And the way that Israel becomes purified is through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. When we become blood Israel. I will establish my church among them or that the authority to baptize by water into the terrestrial order of the gospel will be restored. The authority to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism, Holy ghost will be restored. I will establish my church among them and they shall come in unto the covenant and be numbered among this, the remnant of Jacob unto whom I have given this land for their inheritance. Now, Christ is talking specifically about the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they shall assist my people, the remnant of Jacob, and also as many of the house of Israel as shall come, that they may build a city which shall be called the New Jerusalem. And then shall they assist my people, that they may be gathered in who are scattered upon the face of the land in unto new Jerusalem. So it is the responsibility of Manasseh, the son of Joseph to do the physical building and construction of that part of new Jerusalem, which does not come down from heaven with Enoch and the return of his city. And it is the responsibility of Ephraim, to go out and preach and declare the word and to fill um, the structures within its walls, but then also to assist Manasseh in the physical construction, just as Manasseh will also assist Ephraim in the taking forth of the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth, that the new Jerusalem might be filled with the house of Israel, who will again become the covenant people of the father and the son. And then shall they assist my people that they may be gathered in who are scattered upon all the face of the land in unto new Jerusalem. And then shall the power of heaven come down among them. And I also will be in the midst. And then shall the work of the father commence at that day. Even when this gospel shall be preached among the remnant of this people. Again, talking about the day um, of judgment, you know, after the separation of wheat and tares has been accomplished among the Latter-day Saints and the new Jew and the new Exodus has been started. Verily I send to you at that day shall the work of the father commence among all the dispersed of my people, even the tribes which have been lost, which the father hath led away out of Jerusalem. Yea, and the work shall commence among all the dispersed of my people, which the Father, with the Father to prepare the way whereby they may come unto me. So the way prepared by the Father that the house of Israel might come unto him, again, we just read in DNC 84. So quickly going back to DNC 84. Verse 48, and the father teacheth him of the covenant, which he has renewed and confirmed upon you, which is confirmed upon you for, which is confirmed upon you 
for your sakes and not for your sakes only, but for the sake of the whole world. Now going back to 3 Nephi 21, verse 27, verse 26. And then shall the work of my father commence at that day when the, when this gospel shall be preached among the remnant of this people. Okay. The day of the Exodus. Verily I send to you at that day shall the work of the father commenced among all the dispersed of my people, even the tribes which have been lost, which the father hath led away out of Jerusalem. Yea, the work shall commence among all the dispersed of my people with the father to prepare the way whereby they may come unto me that they may call on the father in my name. Yea, and then shall the work commence with the Father among all nations in preparing the way whereby his people may be gathered home to the land of their inheritance. And they shall go out from all nations and shall go, and they shall not go out in haste nor by flight. For I will go before them, saith the Father, and I will be their rearward. JST Genesis 9 which is right after the Bible dictionary. The context of JST Genesis 9. God is speaking to Noah about the covenant that he made with Noah's great-grandfather Enoch, um, which we read about in Moses 7, 58-67. And the covenant that God made with Enoch had reference to the return of his people and his city to the earth in the last days, directly before the coming of Jesus Christ and how it would be accomplished. And prophets of every dispensation since the days of Enoch have looked forward to our day when this prophecy would be fulfilled. And the bow shall be in the cloud. And, you know, this bow has nothing to do with not destroying the earth by water. It has everything to do with the return of the city of Enoch and establishing new Jerusalem in preparation for Christ coming in his glory. And I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant, which I made unto thy father Enoch. And that everlasting covenant, which was made unto Enoch's father, again, if we go to DNC 84, verse 48. Now, keep this in mind as we read verse 48. And the father teacheth him of the covenant, which he has renewed and confirmed upon you, which is confirmed upon you. For your sakes, and not only your sakes only, but for the sakes of the whole world. And it's the new covenant whereby we become sons and daughters of Christ and go on to become as he is. Back in GST Genesis 9. That I may remember the everlasting covenant, which I made unto thy father Enoch, that when men should keep all my commandments, and how is it possible that men could keep all of God's commandments? Well, 
Nephi tells us in 2 Nephi 32. In 2 Nephi 32, Nephi poses the question, well, in verse 1 of 32, you might wonder, what should I do after I have entered into the gate or after I have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? He says in verse 3, angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I say unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what ye should do. And primarily all things what you should do to come into the tree and partake of the fruit. The tree is Christ. Partaking the fruit is having, being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. So the way that men and women might keep all of God's commandments and might participate among that group of people who will fulfill this prophecy made to Enoch in the last days is by entering into the new covenant, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then feasting upon the words of Christ, which will instruct them in all things that they should do. And if they're feasting upon the words of Christ, seeking after receiving and acting on revelation, and being obedient to the voice of the Spirit, which is now placed into their heart, then they are keeping all of God's commandments. And this can only happen after the opening of the new dispensation, which was opened by Joseph Smith, and which generation we are now in. That when men should keep all my commandments, Zion should again come on the earth. The city of Enoch, which I have caught up unto myself. This is the culmination of Joseph Smith's end time exodus, the man like unto Moses. And this is mine everlasting covenant, that when thy posterity shall embrace the truth, which will be restored to them by the opening of the heavens during the dispensation of the fullness of times by Joseph Smith Jr. in his second ministry, and look upward, then shall Zion look downward, and all the heavens shall shake with gladness, and the earth shall tremble with joy. And the general assembly of the church of the firstborn shall come down out of heaven and possess the earth. So many have wondered, well, what is the general assembly of the church of the firstborn? You know, as referred to in DNC 76. And it is simply the inhabitants of Enoch City, which are to return. And the general assembly of the church of the firstborn shall come down out of heaven and possess the earth and shall have place until the end come. And this is mine everlasting covenant, which I made with thy father Enoch. DNC 88, starting in verse 67. And 67 and 68. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole bodies shall be filled with light. Again, our bodies are by design transmitters and receivers of light, even the light of Christ. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body, which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. 
Well, the reason is that substance of light, which we call the light of Christ, contains a record of all things. It contains all truth. And so when we are sufficiently sanctified by Christ to receive a sufficient portion of the light of Christ, our minds will be enlightened regarding all things. And it's not an all or nothing as we enter into covenant with God. And as he sanctifies us, and as we receive increasing portions of the light of Christ, we also receive increasing access to knowledge of all things. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole bodies shall be filled with light and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body, which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Therefore sanctify yourselves that your minds become single to God. And the day will come that you shall see him. For he will unveil his face unto you. And it shall be in his own time and in his own way and according to his own will. In verse 70, tarry ye, tarry ye in this place and call a solemn assembly, even of those who are the first laborers in the last kingdom. And let those whom they have warned in their traveling call on the Lord. Now, again, this has reference to the second ministry of the first labors in the last kingdom. The first labors in the last kingdom are those who in DNC 101, the Lord calls my servants. Who not only ministered with Joseph in his first ministry, but would return at least some of them would return who were true and faithful and would return to build up and gather out the house of God in preparation for Christ coming in his glory. Terry, Terry, first asking them. Those whom they have warned all on the Lord, which they have received for a little season. Behold and lo, I will take care of your flocks and I will raise up elders and send unto them. Behold, I will hasten my work in its time. I give unto you who are the first labors in this last kingdom. And again, this instruction speaks as if the voice from the dust, because these first labors in the last kingdom um, had to awake and arise to who they are and what their responsibility and ministry is. And those who have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand, see the instruction that the Lord has for them written during the days of Joseph Smith, but that pertain in their second ministry, mostly. And I give unto you who are the first laborers in this last kingdom, a commandment that you assemble yourselves together and organize yourselves and prepare yourselves and sanctify yourselves. Yea, purify your hearts and cleanse your hands and your feet before me that I may make you clean. 
that I may testify unto your father and your God and my God, that you are clean from the blood of this wicked generation, that I may fulfill this promise, this great and last promise, which I have made unto you when I will. Also, I give unto you a commandment that ye shall continue in prayer and fasting from this time forth. I give unto you a commandment that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. Teach it diligently, and my grace shall attend you. That you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God, that are expedient for you to understand. Of things both in heaven and in earth and under the earth, things which have been, things which are, things which must shortly come to pass. Things which are at home, things which are abroad, the wars and perplexities of nations, the judgments which are on the land, and a knowledge also of countries and of kingdoms, that ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again in your second ministry, parenthetically speaking, to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Behold, I sent you out to testify and to warn the people, and it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Therefore, they are left without excuse, and their sins are upon their own heads. He that seeketh me early shall find me, and shall not be forsaken. Therefore, tarry ye and labor diligently, that you may be perfected in your ministry, to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. This was not in Joseph Smith's first ministry. This is during his second. As many as the mouth of the Lord shall name to bind up the law and seal up the testimony and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment, which is to come. That their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination, which awaits the wicked, both in this world and the world to come. Verily I say unto you that those who are not the first laborer or let those who are not the first elders continue in the vineyard until the mouth of the Lord shall call them for their time is not yet come. Their garments are not clean from the blood of this generation. Abide ye in the liberty wherewith ye are made free. Entangle not yourselves in sin, but let your hands be clean until the Lord comes. For not many days hence, the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro as a drunken man, and the sun shall hide his face and shall refuse to give light, and the moon shall be bathed in blood, and the stars shall become exceedingly angry and shall cast themselves down as a fig tree or as a fig that falleth from off a fig tree. And after your testimony cometh wrath and indignation upon the people. For after your testimony cometh the testimony of earthquakes that shall cause groanings in the midst of her and men shall fall upon the ground and shall not be able to stand. And also cometh the testimony of the voice of thunderings and the voice of lightnings and the voice of tempests and the voice of the waves of the sea heaving themselves beyond their bounds and all things shall be in commotion and surely men's hearts shall fail them. For fear, for fear shall come upon all people. 
and angels shall fly through the midst of heaven, crying with a loud voice, sounding the trump of God, saying, Prepare ye, prepare ye, O inhabitants of the earth, for the judgment of our God is come. Behold, and lo, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And immediately there shall appear a great sign in the heaven, and all people shall see it together. And another angel shall sound his trump, saying that the great church, the mother of abominations, that hath made the nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, that persecuteth the saints of God, that shed their blood, who sitteth upon many waters and upon the islands of the sea. Behold, she is the tares of the earth. She is bound in bundles. Her bands are made strong. No man can loose them. Therefore, she is ready to be burned. And he shall sound the trump, both long and loud, and all nations shall hear it. And there shall be silence in heaven for the space of half an hour. And immediately after shall the curtain of heaven be unfolded as a scroll is unfolded after it is rolled up. And the face of the Lord shall be unveiled. And the saints that are upon the earth who are alive shall be quickened and be caught up to meet him. And they who have slept in their graves shall come forth for their graves shall be opened and they also shall be caught up to meet him in the midst of the pillar of heaven. And they are Christ's, the first fruits who shall descend with him first. And they who are on the earth and in their graves who are first caught up to meet him. And all this by the voice of the sound of the sounding of the trump of the angel of God. So, this is to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection. Now, we gain additional clarifying information about what it is to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection and what is required in DNC 76. DNC 76, verse 50. And again, we bear record, for we saw and heard, and this is the testimony of the gospel of Christ concerning them who shall come forth in the resurrection of the just or in the morning of the first resurrection. And then just quickly, verse 51, receive baptism by water into the trustful of the gospel. Verse 52, receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verses 53 and 54, ascend to the seventh heaven, come into Christ's presence of the fullness of his glory and have your calling and election made sure. Verses 55 through 57. Have the patriarch Lord of the Melchizedek Priesthood sealed upon you. Become kings and priests. And for women, have the matriarchal order sealed upon you and become queens and priestesses. Verse 58. Wherefore, as it is written, they are God's little g, even the sons of God, big g. Wherefore, all things are theirs. Verse 59. Whether life or death or things present or things to come, all are theirs and they are Christ and Christ is God's and they shall overcome all things. Wherefore let no man glory in man, but rather let him glory in God who shall subdue all enemies under his feet. These shall dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever. These are they whom he shall bring with him when he shall come in the clouds of heaven to reign on the earth over his people. These are they who shall have part in the first resurrection. To have part in the first resurrection, to be caught up into the heavens and to descend with Christ requires ascending to the level 
of a God little g, even under God big G, to receive baptism by water into the terrestrial order, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, to come into Christ's presence and have your coming election made sure, and then to have the matriarchal order for women or for men, the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon them. This is what is required to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection. And the opportunity for this ascension level um, will be brought about by the extreme persecution and bondage that, as Isaiah declares, will be wreaked out upon the entire earth by the king of Babylon, king of Assyria. And the things which are suffered by those who go on the end time exodus as they take the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth will be the very persecutions like unto Alma and Amulek, Ammon, and the sons of Mosiah. It will facilitate this level of ascension for those who will. For in GST Genesis 14, it says the sons of God must be tried even so as by fire. And it is only those sons of God who are tried by fire and who do not withdraw themselves from the fire, but allow the fire to sanctify and purify. Who will come forth in the morning of the first resurrection, who will be caught up with Jesus and will descend with him. Back in DNC 76. Verse 62, these shall dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever and ever. These are they whom he shall bring with him when he shall come in the clouds of heaven to reign on the earth over his people. These are they who shall have part in the first resurrection. These are they who shall come forth in the resurrection of the just. These are they who are come unto Mount Zion. And remember, Mount Zion is the new Jerusalem. And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all. These are they who have come to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of Enoch and of the church of the firstborn. These are they whose names are written in heaven where God and Christ are the judge of all. These are they who are just men made perfect through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood. So those who have passed away, but have ascended to this level, they are those who are called the spirits of just men made perfect. And they will be resurrected to this level of translated terrestrial body that those who go out on the end time exodus and are the servants of God and taking the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth and gathering um, Israel, who will also ascend to the level of God, little G under God, big G will in like manner be resurrected to a high level translated terrestrial body. And with those who are just men made perfect, come forth on the morning of the first resurrection. Back to DNC 88. Starting again in verse 94. Now we have further context to understand the verses that start and come after 
verse 94. And another angel shall sound his trump, saying, That great church, the mother of abominations, that made all nations to drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication, that persecuteth the saints of God, that shed their blood. She who sitteth upon the many waters and upon the islands of the sea, behold, she is the tares of the earth. She is bound in bundles and her bands are made strong that no man can loose them. Therefore, she is ready to be burned and he shall sound the trump both long and loud and all nations shall hear it. And there shall be silence in the heaven for the space of half an hour. And immediately after shall the curtain of heaven be unfolded as a scroll is unfolded after it is rolled up and the face of the Lord shall be unveiled. And the saints that are upon the earth who are alive shall be quickened. Okay. The saints in this verse are those who have ascended to the level of a God, little G, even the sons and daughters of God, big G. Who are alive shall be quickened and be caught up to meet him. And they who have slept in their graves shall come forth for their graves shall be opened and they shall also be caught up to meet him. Or as we just read in DNC 76, these are the spirits of just men made perfect. Who are caught up to meet him in the midst of the pillar of heaven. They are Christ's. The first fruits. They who shall descend with him first. They who are on the earth and in their graves who are first caught up to meet him. And all this by the voice of the sounding of the trump of the angel of God. And after this, another angel shall sound, which is the second trump. And then cometh the redemption of those who are Christ's at his coming. Who have received their part in that prison which is prepared for them, that they might receive the gospel and be judged according to men in the flesh. And again, another trump shall sound, which is the third trump. And then cometh the spirits of men who are to be judged and to be found under condemnation. And these are the rest of the dead. And they lived not again until the thousand years are ended, neither again until the end of the earth. And Brigham Young is among that number. And another trump shall sound, which is the fourth trump, saying, There are found among those who are to remain until the great and last day, even the end, who shall remain filthy still. And another trump shall sound, which is the fifth trump, which is the fifth angel who committeth the everlasting gospel, flying through the midst of heaven unto all the nations, kindreds, tongues, and peoples. And this shall be the sound of his trump, saying, to all people, both in heaven and in earth, and that are under the earth. For every ear shall hear it, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess, while they hear the sound of the trump saying, Fear God, and give glory to him who sitteth upon the throne, forever and ever, for the hour of his judgment is come. And again another angel shall sound his trump, which is a sixth angel saying, She has fallen, who made all the nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. She has fallen, is fallen. And again, another angel shall sound his trump, which is the seventh angel saying, it is finished. It is finished. The lamb of God hath overcome and trodden the winepress alone, even the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the almighty God. And then shall the angels be crowned with the glory of his might. And the saints shall be filled with his glory and receive their inheritances and be made equal with him. 
And then shall the first angel again sound the trump and the ears of all the living and reveal the secret acts of men and the mighty works of God in the first thousand years. And then shall the second angel sound his trump and reveal the secret acts of men and the thoughts and intents of their hearts and the mighty works of God in the second thousand years. And so on until the seventh angel shall sound his trump and he shall stand forth upon the land and upon the sea and swear in the name of him who sitteth upon the throne that there shall be time no longer and Satan shall be bound that old serpent who is called the devil and shall not be loosed for the space of a thousand years. And then shall, and then he shall be loosed for a little season that he may gather together his armies. (coughs) And Michael, the seventh angel, even the archangel shall gather together his armies, even the hosts of heaven. And the devil shall gather together his armies. Now this is the battle of Gog and Magog at the end of the millennium. Even the hosts of hell and shall come to battle against Michael and his armies. And then cometh the battle of the great God and the devil and his army shall be cast away into their own place. And they shall not have power over the saints anymore at all. For Michael shall fight their battles and shall overcome him whom seeketh the throne of him who sitteth upon the throne, even the lamb. This is the glory of God and the sanctified and they shall not any more see death. And now picking up Indian C 88 verses 18 through 26. Therefore it must needs be sanctification from all unrighteousness that it may be prepared for the celestial glory. For after it hath fulfilled the measure of its creation, the earth, it shall be crowned with glory, even the presence of God, the father. Now this is at the end of the millennium after the battle of Gog and Magog, when the earth is celestialized, which battle we just read about that bodies who are, of the celestial kingdom may possess it forever and ever for, for this intent was it made and created. And for this intent, are they sanctified and they who are not sanctified through the law, which I have given unto you, even the law of Christ must inherit another kingdom, even that of a terrestrial kingdom or that of a celestial kingdom. For he who is not able to abide the law of a celestial kingdom cannot abide a celestial glory. So at the end of the millennium, after the battle of Gog and Magog, there will be those who have ascended to the top level of translated terrestrial, who will be ready to make the jump to translated celestial. And he who cannot abide the law of a terrestrial kingdom cannot abide terrestrial glory. And he who cannot abide the law of a telestial kingdom cannot abide telestial glory. Therefore, he is not meet for a kingdom of glory. Therefore, he must abide a kingdom which is not a kingdom of glory. And again, verily I say unto you, the earth abideth the law of a celestial kingdom. For it filleth the measure of its creation and transgresseth not the law. Wherefore, it shall be sanctified. Yea, notwithstanding, it shall die. It shall be quickened again and shall abide the power by which it is quickened and the righteous shall inherit it. Um, This is a good ending point. And we will pick up next Monday where we left off and we will finish our discussion on the new Jerusalem and the second coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.